Today's scripture comes from Daniel chapter 6, verses 3 to 10. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the grounds were charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce a decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Well, today was a special uh, rocket graduation ceremony, and I really want to also take this opportunity to thank Aggie for uh, taking the role of coordinating for many years. And uh, it just reminds me of, uh, I used to, I studied education, and uh, my very first prac, my teacher, you ask a lot of questions, that's what they um, encourage you to do, and ask lots of questions, and my prac teacher told me, and I remember this so clearly, and she said that they always, this is primary teaching, sorry, they say that they always put, well, in her school at least, um, they always put the best teachers on kindy, which is actually your prep, okay, so this is in Sydney, sorry, so they always put the best teacher in, uh, in prep because that's where they begin, and they really want to get the foundations right, and so I'm really thankful that God has placed Aggie in the coordinating of Brockett Ministry, because that's where we start from the very beginning, and these kids, I just can see in 10, 15, 20 years' time. They're going to come out amazing. They're going to be the next great leaders. They're going to be the ones playing drums and leading worship and, like, who knows, maybe another 30 years, they'll actually be here um, preaching um, to, to the next group of people. So can we give a big uh, round of applause to Aggie, please? And also, if you were able to see the certificates that the kids were holding up, um, Harmo actually designed them. They're really cool, right? So, uh she does do some freelancing. If you guys ever need some design work, <laughs> maybe she'll do some mates rates. Who knows? But it's really awesome. So thank you to Harmo and a lot of designers in our church who um, they do it for free. And we really appreciate um, everyone uh, helping out to make our services and our, make our community so awesome. And so today we come to the final week in our Daniel series, and we're looking at probably the most famous story of Daniel, which is about him and the lion's den. And the theme I want us to think about today is actually on courage. What is courage? And to kick off, I'd like to give um, an illustration. My parents used to say that I was a very brave child, and they told me that prior to coming to Australia, so up till four years old, I came to Australia when I was four years old, 
Up to four years old, I was living in Hong Kong with my family, and we used to sometimes go out to restaurants for dinner. And so my parents would take my brother and I out for dinner. They sit down, you know, around those tables. Like usually it's Chinese restaurants because my parents love Chinese food, which I've come to really not like so much. Uh, but now that I've come to Melbourne, the Chinese food is actually really good. So wow, like full circle, am I right? Anyways, I digress a little bit, but they take us out to the restaurants, sit down, and you know, parents will like move around a little bit, and then they look away, and then like a second later, they turn around, and it's like, like Rachel, I have disappeared. And like, where's Rachel? Leila Han Le. Leila Han is actually my Chinese name. And the way my mom tells it's really funny. Every time she says my Chinese name, it's like really cool. But she's like, Leila Han Le. And then they have a look around, and then very quickly, they notice that somehow I've managed to make my way across to the other table, and I'm just chatting with these strangers. And so that's, a, that's an early story that they would tell about me. Now, I have no recollection about these events at all. Because for as long as I can remember, actually, I was a very nervous child. And um, like, don't like, really tease me about this, guys. I'm a bit vulnerable here. But growing up, I'm like get nervous and shy in unfamiliar, unfamiliar environments. And one of the things I get really scared about is like, if I need to go shopping, and you know, me growing up, online shopping wasn't a big thing back then, okay? So you really do have to physically go to a store if you needed to get clothes or whatever. And I actually get super nervous walking into a store because I don't know the staff and that kind of stuff. And I start to sweat, actually. And then like, I have to re rehearse, like, because you know how they're really nice and friendly? They come up to you and be like, hey, hi there, can I help you? Or something like that. And I'm always like, um, rehearsing, like, what do I say to, you know, to, like, very politely say, like, please get away from me type of vibe. <laughs> Look, it could be an introverted thing or it just could be me. Like, there's a problem with me. So, anyways, um, you know, I don't, I don't sweat anymore, but I do still rehearse what I'm going to say. It just seemed like the older I got, the less courageous I became. But is that what courage really is? Is it not being scared of talking to strangers? Is it being bold in asking questions? Is courage an action or a feeling? Or is it a character trait? Now, recently I was at a conference, um, a leadership conference, and one of the speakers did a motivational talk. And his main question was, what would you do if you couldn't fail? It sounded like his message was trying to say, be brave by not being afraid to fail. Now, at least another talk at the conference spoke along those lines too. A motivational speaker decided to chase failure, and ironically, he became very successful when he did that. The takeaway message was, don't be afraid to fail. Is this the message of what courage is? To not be afraid of failure to dive right in, even though you're scared to death. Was that what Daniel felt when he was looking into the eyes of the hungry lions? Society talks a lot about being courageous, but I think a lot of us take a very superficial approach to it. It's a motivational pep talk to get us to do something. Now, I agree that trying in life is important, even though sometimes we might fail but I think it's quite a simplistic view in approaching life. Essentially, there are only two options that our world is suggesting. The first is you try, and if you succeed, well done. Your courage has rewarded you. And then the second option is you try, and if you fail, well, try again until you succeed, because your courage 
will one day reward you. Are you guys with me? The Bible offers us another way to view courage, and it's more than just about trying. The Bible gives us lots of sound wisdom on how to live courageously. Today we'll, draw, uh, we'll use Daniel 6 to draw out three practical wisdom when it comes to living courageously. The first is courage to live out our faith authentically. Secondly, courage even when we're alone. And finally, courage to face whatever harm comes our way. So firstly, let's, uh, let's have a think about um, the first one. From Daniel, we can learn that as Christians, we can have courage to live out our faith authentically. Now, let's look at verse 10 again. It says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room when the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. There was a plot to get rid of Daniel, which we will look at in our next section. Daniel was basically forced to change what he was doing. Otherwise, he'll face dire consequences. He'll be eaten by lions, and he'll be known as the king's advisor who disobeyed the king's commands. His life and reputation was at stake. All Daniel had to do was don't pray so openly for 30 days. 30 days. You can still pray. Just do it privately. Don't let anyone see. How hard is it to give up something for 30 days? The answer should be not hard at all because your life depends on it. But it's really interesting to see that he continued to do what he had always practiced doing. He opened his windows that faced toward Jerusalem to remind him of his home. He got down on his knees and prayed, and he did it three times a day, every single day. Think about this. Daniel was the type of man who can adapt to changes, right? He lived as an exile, and he served under five different kings across two major empires. Daniel can adapt to changes, but the reason why he was so adamant about praying daily with his windows opened was because he wanted to be a Christian witness for God. He believed in the one true God, and he wasn't going to let a decree scare him into turning away from God. Daniel's perseverance to pray publicly every day showed his faith and trust in God. Now, we don't talk about this value enough in our world today. We live in a world that's constantly changing, and we're trying to find the next big thing to catapult our career or change our lives. Society teaches these common mantras, such as, don't be afraid to quit your job and pursue your dreams. Don't be afraid to start a new relationship. Don't be afraid to stand out from the crowd. But Daniel didn't live by that principle. Daniel's faith started with his deep understanding of who God is, what his relationship with God is, and how he should live his life because of his relationship with God. Brothers and sisters, can you see the difference between what the world's trying to teach us and what the Bible is trying to teach us? Because one of them starts with me, and then the other one starts with God. Now, I really hope that all of us will make the right choice. When I put God first in my life, I'll then try my best to prioritize my life around God 
which then shapes my attitude and actions. I want to pray three times daily because I value talking to God. I want to read my Bible every morning to hear from Him. I want to come to church every Sunday on time and ready to worship because God is the King of the universe who deserves all praise. Now, the three examples I just listed out isn't a rule for what all Christians have to do, although they're not bad things to be doing. But we should start with making intentional choices about what we should do as Christians. We shouldn't be going with the flow when it comes to living out our faith. Because when society turns up the heat on our faith, when we find ourselves in a dilemma where suddenly, for example, what we practice as Christians become illegal, what do we do? I'll tell you what God wants us to do. He wants us to live out our faith authentically. And when I say live out our faith authentically, I don't mean to pick and choose the parts of faith that you want. For example, taking the part about grace and God forgiving our sins, but then rejecting the parts about carrying our cross for Jesus' sake and being obedient to God's word. To live out our faith authentically means that we've made a conscious decision to follow Jesus Christ. And because of that, We let the Holy Spirit transform our lives to become more like Jesus, which means we may be giving up old sinful habits and picking up godly habits. Are you guys with me? We strive to live our lives that's pleasing to God, no matter what challenge or opposition we face. We won't feel scared about choosing to do God's will because we know that God is more important than anything and anyone in this world. Although the Bible doesn't tell us what Daniel felt at the time, I truly believe Daniel didn't need to struggle much to decide on doing what he's always been doing. He probably heard the decree announced, he thinks about how it'll affect him, he weighs up the consequences, and then he goes back upstairs and he keeps praying. I love that about Daniel. He had so much courage when it comes to living out his faith authentically. He can only do this because he's made a decision to put God first in his life. Brothers and sisters, have you really thought about what your faith means or what it means to have faith in God? Have you ever thought about it? Is it coming to church and serving? Is it just saying a few prayers throughout the week? Or is it just reading the Bible before bedtime? Now, all those things I've listed are examples of what Christians do. But it doesn't mean that you've made the decision to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it doesn't mean you've surrendered control and outcomes to Him. What does it mean to live out your faith authentically? Who or what might affect you from living out your faith authentically? Would you have courage to stand firmly in your faith and keep living out your Christian life. Don't be afraid to stand up for your faith. Don't be afraid because it's the right thing to do. God wants you to put him first and to live out your faith authentically. Now, the second practical wisdom is to have courage even when we're alone. The opening of chapter 6 tells us how Daniel has risen to a prominent position He was one of three administrators who oversaw 120 satraps. Now, a satrap was a governor of an ancient Persian 
province. And so Daniel would have probably overseen 40 satraps who each oversaw a province each. Daniel had a lot of influence and his position in the Persian Empire was very high. Verse 3 tells us that Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And so in other words, Daniel was going to be the second most powerful person in the empire. Now, this is the second time in the Bible where we see God raise a Jewish person to be second in charge in a foreign land. Isn't it so encouraging to see that nothing's too hard for God? Amen? Daniel was about to become second in charge, and then we start to see the complication happening. Now, in Chinese, we have this saying. I wonder if you've heard of this before. But in Chinese, we have this saying that goes, Yan pa chut mang. <laughs> Was it you, Joseph? Yan pa chut mang. Ju pa fei. Which means when pigs are nice and fat, they get ready to be slaughtered. When humans get too famous or successful, they're bound to attract jealousy. Yes? And that's exactly what was happening with Daniel. The other administrators and satraps became very jealous of Daniel and they tried to find grounds to dismiss him. But they couldn't find any corruption or negligence on his part because Daniel was trustworthy. And so the only thing they could do was try to trap him with his faith. Isn't it interesting that sometimes people will try to use our faith against us? They might say that Christians are bigots for taking a stance on certain areas, or they say that Christians are prudes for not doing what everyone else in society does. In times like these, we might feel alone in where we stand. You would notice too that this passage doesn't mention Daniel's friends. And so like Daniel, sometimes it may feel like the whole world is against us. When it feels like we're alone, it's a lot harder to fight against culture. There's no one to support and encourage us, and there's no one to tell us that we're doing the right thing when we choose to live out our faith authentically. Daniel had to face the cheap tactics of these powerful men in the Persian Empire, and also to face the king, who obviously wasn't really a wise guy at all because he was easily manipulated by those people. This was one up against the pressures and attacks of many who hated him and what he stood for. But Daniel persevered. He had courage even when he was all alone. I believe we can be courageous too, even when it feels like we might be doing this alone. The secret, I think, is in our prayer life. Daniel prayed three times every day. His source of strength came from a constant reliance and communication with God. When we pray to God, we know that we're never, ever alone because God is always here with us and he cares about our lives, our needs, and our worries too. Praying is so important and it must be done in tangent with reading God's word. Someone once said that prayer is our response to God's word. God has made the first move. He's revealed himself to us through creation, through Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and his word. 
And all we need to do now is to speak back to him. God wants us to talk to him through prayer, and he wants us to hear him through his word. You are not alone when the company you're working for suddenly becomes antagonistic to Christians or Christian values. You are not alone when your friends turn their backs on you because you choose to follow and worship Jesus. You are not alone when it comes to a point point when when you literally must choose between your life or acknowledging Jesus Christ as Lord. God is with you no matter what. And I also want to say that we want to be a church that supports each other when time gets tough. We want to literally and metaphorically be holding hands together as we face the hardest challenges that face us as Christians today. We look back at Daniel's stories and we talk about how amazing it was for him and his friends to survive and thrive in a hostile, non-Christian environment. But what about us? Who will look back at what we've done at NLEC 10 20 years from now and say what amazing things we've done for the sake of God. Where people who come after us say that in the 2020s, we stood faithful to worship God even when churches are declining in Australia. Where people who come after us say that in the 2020s, we took the risk to spend lots of money on our Christmas outreach events so that people would come to hear and know Jesus. Or would we be forgotten? Now, I'm not talking about being individually forgotten. I'm talking about us as a church community, taking a stand for God, making a commitment to put Jesus first in our lives and to build this church we call home. We're in this together. So don't be afraid. God is with us. Prioritize prayer and reading the Bible in your life. Keep plugging into our church community. Let's live out our faith authentically together for Jesus. Amen. The final practical wisdom we can learn from this chapter of Daniel is to have courage to face whatever harm comes our way. Daniel made his decision to continue living out his faith authentically, which means he had to face the consequences. Daniel didn't know the outcome. He probably expected to be eaten by the lions. Now the question is, how can we keep living faithfully when death or enormous pain is staring us in the face? It's hard. I've tried to ask myself many times this question. If someone put a gun to my head and asked me if I believe in God or not, will I answer yes or no? Has anyone else thought of, like, ever asked themselves the same questions? Or everyone's like, well, it's a Christian thing to ask ourselves. And I like to uh, think that I would say yes. But in the back of my mind, When the rubber hits the road, I think I actually might end up saying no. I want to be the first to confess that I don't find it easy at all to be courageous when the consequences of choosing to be obedient to God will mean that I'll be uncomfortable or I'll be rejected, I'll I'll be physically hurt, I'll be struggling financially or to lose something or someone important to me. I don't find it easy. And when the stakes are that high, it's not just about psyching yourself up and then jumping in headfirst and praying for the best. Courage in God or faith in God is grounded in truth based on who God is, what he's done, and what he's promised to do. Do you guys understand what I'm trying to say? And so just a very simple example about what it means to be grounded in truth 
We know that God is loving and kind to us, and he will never pull pranks on us to taunt us. And we've seen in numerous stories from the Bible, in our own lives, and hearing testimony from other people too, about the way God guides us in our lives. And finally, we know from the Bible that God has promised us eternal life with him if we put our faith and trust in Jesus. Knowing these truths, for example, gives me courage to be obedient to God because I trust that God cares for me and I have solid hope in the future that I'm going to a better place. I love the declaration that King Darius gives after he witnesses God saving Daniel. Verses 26 to 27 says, this is from King Darius. He says, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. King Darius finally gets it because he finally sees in Daniel what Daniel already knew all along. God is the living God who endures forever. God's kingdom will never be destroyed and will never end. God is the God who saves. This is why we can have courage to face whatever harm comes our way. Do you believe in those truths? Do you believe that God is above all our problems? Do you believe that no power or kingdom in this world is any match against God's power and kingdom? I really encourage you guys to read the book of Revelation alongside the book of Daniel. Because the book of Revelation is a spoiler to what happens at the end of this world. God wins. And so you should place your bets on him. Bet everything you have on him. Bet your whole life on him. Because when you do, the return will be enormous. Now, to finish up, let me tell you about how God has shaped me in building my courage. Earlier on, I told you about how my parents thought that I was very brave, but in actual fact, I wasn't very brave at all, because growing up, I was a very anxious child, I get worried about lots of things, and I'm just very insecure about stuff, right? And so I remember growing up, besides the retail stuff where I get all sweaty and nervous about getting in to buy something, but also, like, during school as well, for some reason, I just, like, don't trust what my teachers say. In that, for example, they would announce tomorrow's Mufti Day, and I get really nervous, so I always have to call my friends and be like, oh, hey, like, are you sure it's Mufti tomorrow? That kind of stuff. And just really trivial things. I actually rely on my friends a lot. And for me, I knew it became a problem because I'm like talking to myself and saying, why am I, like, why am I such a, you know, a coward in these things, right? It's not meant to be. And uh, because I was like a nervous, worry-what, anxious child growing up, my prayer also has been a lot um, in praying to God. And I'm really thankful that my parents just encouraged me like, Rachel, just pray about anything. God hears all things. And so I would actually pray about the most trivial things in life, I promise you. But in my prayer a lot growing up for many years, I've always added in my prayer too. I always pray to God and ask him, God, would you please make me more brave, more courageous, but then over time, I started to notice that my prayer 
shifted as well. So, and I'm really thankful. I think like the Holy Spirit was prompting me and changing me in the way I pray. And I found uh, later on that my prayer shifted from, instead of asking God, please just make me more brave, help me to be able to go into a shot without sweating, um, into, into God, would you please make me uh, brave in you? Would you please make me courageous in you? And that really had made a difference in my life. Because I started thinking less about how I wanted to be courageous for myself and instead thinking about what God wants me to be courageous about and that I can trust in God in all things. I slowly wanted to be more courageous in loving others, especially those I find it difficult to love. And I started to become more courageous in sharing my faith to others and to take a leap of faith in serving in full-time ministry. Brothers and sisters, you can be courageous too. Courageous to live out your faith authentically. Courageous even when you're all alone. And courageous to face whatever harm comes your way. Will you be courageous together with me? If you're willing, would I ask you to stand with me and let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much uh, that you have created us, you love us, and you are so much more powerful than anything we can imagine. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters today here. I pray for those who might feel a bit um, not brave or not courageous. Lord, I pray that you help us, help us to find courage in you, because through you, all things are possible. In you, Lord, we can find the strength to continue to do what you ask us to do. Lord, we want to live out our faith authentically, even when sometimes it feels like we're alone in this. And Lord, we want to live our faith authentically, even when danger and harm faces us. Lord, we thank, we're so thankful that you have defeated sin and evil, and we know that in the future, heaven awaits for us, and we know that there is so much hope and promise there. And we know that there will be no more pain or suffering when you bring us a new heaven and new earth. Lord, I ask that your spirit will continue to give us strength and courage to live out our Christian lives. Help us every day and every moment when we wake up, remind us, Lord, that we can be courageous in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.